0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, when it comes to full gear, we have to talk about the pre-show. What a world. After Samoa Joe and MJF had successfully defended the Ring of Honor Tag Team titles, all of a sudden Bullet Club Gold were here, and they totally flubbed up Max's leg. Yep, this was after Adam Cole had magically returned to AEW and helped his broski, But of course, he couldn't do anything here because he's got a bad leg. Although the question is could he have done something? Put my head back up, we don't know. Now, this meant that MJF had to be taken to a local medical facility in a local medical facility wagon. But he was so upset he was crying out to cole don't let them take my aew o championship from me so adam was like you know what i'll do whatever i can so all of this was then recounted at the start of the pay-per-view and of course some people are melting down like oh, i can't believe we did this but look there is so much wrestling on television i will always take a bit of fun and i will always take a little bit of creativity they are saying that Wrestling always does stuff like this. It flippin' loves it. Also, hello, my friends. That was the longest intro ever, but welcome to Ups and Downs for Full Gear. And if you can't be bothered to watch all this video, I'll just tell you this. If you want to watch one hell of a pay-per-view, this is Exhibit A. Let's up those downs. So after all we have recounted, I can then tell you some kids (laughs) sang Christian Cage's entrance song i mean this had everything this is because he is the patriarch of aew and he came out here with his sons to take on adam copeland sting and darby allen and dare i say it i think it may have been the perfect way to start the show what was really smart as well is that of course everybody wants to see christian versus adam copeland and adam copeland versus christian so every time copeland tagged in came just like nah brah i don't want to do it and he walked away i mean it's so damn simple But you don't always need to overcomplicate your eggs. Sometimes just put them in a pan and fry them up. Sting must have been furious about this and the fact that Darby got murked in the early going. So he grabbed Nicholas Wayne. He just hurled him into Barry Barricade. That's a 64-year-old man and he's still totally wild. It also meant that eventually Copeland was going to have to deal with Luchasaurus. But I think he forgot that he's a prehistoric creature. So he tried to take him down. The dinosaur was all like, "Rah!" And he whooped his ass. He also then turned his attention to Darby, And oh my gosh, he took this choke slam into the ring apron, which is the hardest part of the ring. I don't get how he's still walking. It looked like he was dead. Thankfully, Alan did have a plan, and it was to bite Nick's hand when they did this absolutely ridiculous code red, code blue, code whatever you want to call it, off the top rope. That's my, this is a first damn match. What else is gonna happen? Caden thought it was fine to attack, but he was totally wrong, and he missed the spear, which is when Copeland got the hot tag. You know the deal. He absolutely ran wild. Hopefully, he did do this. Look how great it looks. He also gave Luchasaurus a DDT onto the floor as he worked out how you do kill a dinosaur which is when he kind of threw Nick Wayne at Lutasaurus and he caught him. But then Darby saw it and went, nah, bruh, that's not how it's meant to go. So he just dived onto the entire pile. And the commentators would tell us that apparently tomorrow Darby is going to try and climb Mount Everest. I mean, he's basically a cartoon. This is when Sting got in there and he did some teamwork with Adam Copeland. And I couldn't help but be a massive nerd and go, man, Copeland must be having the time of his life. I mean, this is Sting's last match in Los Angeles, maybe in the California area, and this is how he gets to go out. I mean, it's fabo. Rick Flair was also at ringside, so he knew something was going to happen, and he got into it with Christian Cage and gave him some chops when Cage smashed him in the balls and pushed him onto the floor. Now, look, Rick Flair is allowed to do whatever the hell Ric Flair wants to do, but me as a fan watching this, I was absolutely terrified. And if I had the finger of power for All Elite Wrestling... I would never let him fall over again. He must have thrown Christian off too, because he went to use the TNT title, but he accidentally hit Luchasaurus. I was like, dude, that's the last person. Dinosaur you do want to hit, although Cage is so good. As soon as he realizes error, he's like, you know what, I'm just going to leave and he never came back. It did mean the dino was totally screwed and he took all the finishes as Darby Allen ruined him with a coffin drop for the one, two, three. And afterwards, we made sure everyone went, Sting, we love you, Sting, because of course, his retirement is just around the corner. and That does make me feel sad in my tum-tum, but he still did this crazy dive where he basically jumped over Ric Flair into the pile. He's an absolute legend. This was super duper fun it's getting it up we then have to get some stuff sorted which annoyed a few people because pay-per-views apparently just have to be match after match after match but i disagree with that entirely i like some paced up shenanigans so tony savani was out here trying to explain the world title situation when jay what in the bullet club just interrupted and they're like you know the deal i know the deal i'm now the world champion the main event is cancelled give me my belt tone went along with this as well because yes MJF is too injured this meant that tony khan within the story had gone yep there's nothing else we can do. Just make Jay White the champion. Until, because Adam Cole was back and because he is a good friend, he was like, look, I know I can't walk because I only have one leg, but I shall be substituting for Max. So the match is on. Now these were totally bonkers because why would anyone in management sign this off? But they did. So our new main event is MJF, no, not MJF, is Adam Cole versus Jay White. And of course there's one more twist in the tail. I don't even care, man. I love this stuff. If you want, like, reality-based crap, go watch a documentary. I don't want no documentary. I want absolute craziness. Even if this wasn't your cup of tea, AEW then served you up with a coffee anyway, because the international title was on the line, John Moxie versus Orange Cassidy, part two. This was really, really good. The whole point is that Cassidy no longer has any confidence anymore, and that was amazing to begin with, because he is a piece of fruit. So he charged at Mox here, but he basically got murked straight away. And every time he did stand up, Jonathan put him back down on his ass. I was like, oh my gosh, maybe he doesn't have a plan. I mean, he even raked his back and destroyed his eyes at one point. And he hit this big boss man slam, or the black hole slam, whatever the hell you want to call it. And there was a good while where I was like, well, I'm not sure if Orange Cassidy could do this. He has used everything in his locker. Now, it did kind of annoy Orange, who went headbutt crazy to the point John Moxley was bleeding. That's when I stood up and I went, who had six minutes? He used this, of course, to try and get the advantage of Moxley. But once again, it tied into what happened on Dynamite. Jonathan kept getting back up. And he went down again, he got up again, he went down again, he got up again. And even when Orange was hitting his big moves, John Moxley would kick out at one. That's when Cassie was like, you know what? There's nothing else I can do. And he quit wrestling forever. Didn't happen. In fact, we actually did come up with a really creative finish here because when they were tussling and they were trying to get out of each other's moves, Moxley grabbed Tina the turnbuckle and he exposed her because he pulled off the padding. ruh row He also hit Cassidy with his crazy spike pearl driver when it was Moxley that started doing the little kicks and Orange was like, don't steal my stuff. So all of a sudden, he went absolutely crazy. And in the, like, fracas, who went into the damn turnbuckle? It was John Moxley. Now, Cassidy didn't care about this at all because he was desperate to win. So we hit one orange punch, two orange punch, three orange punch. He just went orange punch crazy to the point saying the word orange punch sounded totally silly. Moxie was still absorbing these like he was Thanos though, like he would just keep getting back up on his wiggly legs, which is when Orange hit one more and he got the beach break. And At that point, Moxie had nothing left, so Orange Cassidy got the one, two, three. But this still kind of told a very interesting tale to the point, are we going to have to do the rubber match? Yes, we are. I mean, there's nothing in my ear. Who am I talking to? The BCC and the best friends were out, too, to take care of their respective persons. Because, of course, they were both on wibbly legs. And I tell you, this international title feels like the most important thing in the world. More important than my life. hope I don't die now I've said that. What up? Ah, it's good, but then did confirm our brand new main event when we learned that Mark Briscoe is going into the Continental Classic. Very excited about that tournament. Outside interference has been totally bad. The good times kept on rolling as well because we changed a championship. Because timeless Tony Storm versus Shida went out there and they just had the best old time. And look, even though Storm's gimmick is absolutely over the top, when she does get into those ropes, she's damn good. And we all know the deal with Shida... This rocked. As usual, Luther had Tony's script ready. But on one occasion, I need the opponent to read this and just go, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And they just go through it move by move. I mean, somebody hooked that to my veins. The new plan for Shida, however, was to just chop the shib out of the Timeless One when we saw Mariah Ray in the back, and she was freaking out about this because, of course, that's her hero. She did pick up, though, because Storm was able to finally reversal this into a dog. That's when Shida was like, I don't like your face. She just wrecked her with this knee. Tell you, they were getting really into it. Things then got totally crazy because Luther was passing shoes to Storm, which he was trying to hide in her ring gear. But of course, Sheena wasn't going to have any of that before she got the falcon arrow for a one-two-oo. And soon she probably does have to win by that. Otherwise, it will become the third least devastating move in all of sports entertainment. When all of a sudden, the champ had a kendo stick. I was like, well, don't use that. You'll get disqualified. Luther tried to stop that, so he got whammed in the balls, which is absolutely the theme of the evening. When all of a sudden... We were also using the tray that Luther had brought to the ring. So where is all this stuff coming from? It led to the absolute best finish, though, because Tony Storm looked around and realized, wait a minute, I can put this on my ass. So she tucked it into her clothes, kicked the crap out of Sheida, put her in the corner when she hit the sweet chick music. Now, look. That always looks devastating to begin with, but here she had a loaded bum, whatever the hell we're going to call it. That knocked Sheila out, the referee didn't see, and she got the one, two, three. And look, that rhymes, which means it was right. Now, yes, this thing kind of did fall on the floor afterwards, so the referee should have seen it. But look, things happen, and you just have to ride them out. But you did want Tyler's Tony Storm to win the championship, which she did. Mariah May literally bought her flowers afterwards. And he protected Shida too. Plus, the whole match was just so damn good. I enjoyed this much, Lee. Give it a nap. Rene Paquette was then backstage with Eddie Kingston. And he lost it. Of course he did. Because he is really proud to be the Ring of Honor World Champion. And he also holds the New Japan Strong title. So he has decided to enter the Continental Classic. And every single match that he does... All of this will be on the line, meaning whoever is victorious at the end is going to be a triple crown champion. Ooh, la! I also hope the winner does get a title shot because then this tournament will feel super duper important. But even if they don't, what a nice wrinkle. And now every time you watch any match, it's going to be like, oh my gosh, don't lose. It's going to be like losing his kids. And number two, Kingston came across here like he thinks wrestling is totally legit. There's the does any Kingston realize wrestling is a work machine? And the answer is no. That's what makes him so damn good. It really is absolutely excellent. And speaking of excellent wrestlers, my word. The Tag Team Championships were on the line in a ladder match as Big Bill and Ricky Starks took on LFI and they took on FTR and they took on Malachi Black and Brody King. And if you woke up today going, I need some craziness in my life, you need to go and watch this. Everybody started to fight too, other than Brody King and Big Bill, because they are tall, so they sort of looked at each other. When they got separated, and King went all Lego on our asses, he started to build constructions out of ladders, and I started to get scared. Dex Hardwood then got totally murked courtesy of one of these, thanks to Malachi Black, when Wheeler Uwa decided, ah, ah, I'm going to spear some people through the ropes to the outside bunch of monsters out there as well and all of this happened in about eight seconds Twistico then forgot the point of the match and he just dove onto everyone and essentially what we did here is we just had like ascending moves that got more insane and more insane until they were so insane we went back to number one when we built back up to 10. i don't even know what that means i mean the end result was a superplex courtesy of ricky starks and yeah because everyone was still outside it just meant there was this big smurging and I do not believe that smirging is a word. William and King then went trading off again and we got a meat chart here, so I was happy. But Dax wasn't into this, so he got a ladder and he just flattened them. I think we were pulling our punches here. We were quite literally just hitting people with ladders. It was Rush who then eventually remembered, oh yeah, we're meant to be getting those championships, so he started to climb. But it was Malachi who stopped him because he cut Rush off. And then we had this slingshot thingamajig, which just murdered poor Wheeler Utah. I mean, honestly. People were then getting smacked in the balls where Will somehow got Malachi black and Spike Paul drived him through a ladder. That's when I was on the floor. Even more so when Brody got another one and just threw it into Big Bill's face. Didn't even try and pull it, it just went pop, and it knocked him out. He also meant we had more blood, as well as cannibals into ladders, suplexes into ladders, chokeslam into ladders, bullhorns into ladders, which is when everybody looked wrecked, and Drillistico surveyed the field, and he went, well, I can see Malachi, and he gave him a poison rana. Of course he did. Now, if you really want to see the nuttiest spot of the match, you have to watch this gonzo bomb that Brody King did onto the masked man. Because that actually scared the shit out of me. I don't know how they're still walking. Willie Uta probably could have won the thing too, but he got carried away and he did a big old splash onto everybody, which kind of left Dak Harwood with a Ricky Starks. And that's when they were like, man, we need to get those titles. Somehow Malachi wouldn't die though, so he absolutely cracked Dax right in the head. And Ricky was kind of affected by this too, so he almost fell off. But that's why it's good having a friend like Big Bill, because he's so tall, he basically propped him back onto the ladder. And then noticed that Utah was going to give it one last go, so they took him out before the champions did grab their belts. And that's when I had to go like this. Because <laughs> it was just so exhausting. I mean, what didn't they do? It also absolutely justified the ladder stipulation, even though this nerd here was like, oh my gosh, we do too many ladder matches. But man, they pulled it out the bag. Fair play to all of them. The risk here was so damn great, it is obviously getting it up. And I like the fact that big bill and Ricky Stark's retained. They are on a roll. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah. Now look, this was so insane, whatever did follow it was going to have a tough time because the crowd was tired. But out came Julia Hart, Chris Statlander and Sky Blue and fair play to all of them. They had to work really hard, but my word they got. The last five minutes too were absolutely brilliant and they totally hooked in the audience. And this Sky Blue has gone through a change. Not only does she have new music, but she took off her baseball cap and she put a crown on instead. That's right, she's gone nuts. You know the deal here as well, it is Chris Statlander who is the powerhouse of the group. So she added plus 10 to her strength. She grabbed these two, she was throwing them around. Bless Blue too, because she tried to take advantage of this by hitting the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment the surprise roll-up. But it's way too early for that to work. When Sky and Julia looked at each other and were like, look, we ain't as big as her, should we team up? And they did. This led to another stare down, which meant it was super serious time. And amazingly, Sky wanted to shake the hand of Julia Hart. Now, Hart just went, ha, 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 like some kind of supervillain and punched her in the face. And I think that is going somewhere. Statlander was then back as we started to trade moves because we got Lariat Bitkick and a at Lariat. When Statlander went for the 450, she totally missed. She went into the floor and I went ship. Hart scored with her moonsault for a really good one-two because, of course, she's won load of matches with that. But Statlander broke it up at the last second. But the best one was just after this. Because she went for the Saturday Night Fever, and Sky did turn that into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And honestly, this was two point nine 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 nine. We then went, here comes the pain, because Sky was going to hit the Code Blue, but Julia took her out mid-move. When all of a sudden, she applied Heartless onto Chris Statlander. And you were like, well, that's another one of her maneuvers, maybe she's going to win. Now, Statlander had to take a med pack to stop that, and as Sky Blue came at her, she hit the Saturday Night Fever, so she had this one. And all of a sudden, they remembered wait a minute, this is a triple threat match, we should do that finish. Because Hart saw this, she smacked Chris right in the face. And amazingly, Sky Blue had put herself in this position where her feet were still up. So Hart just fell on her, and she got the 1-2-3. Now look, it looked way better than I have described it. But it was also a great way to protect Chris Statlander. Piss off Sky Blue, who's clearly going to go heel. And we made Julia the TBS champion, which is the right thing to do. Because she has had such a good 2023. When you do perform well at work, you deserve to be rewarded. So it really has been a great 12 months for all of these guys. And let's keep this going, because they have something... I am totally giving it up when it was time to find out who this big brand new AEW signing was that Tony Khan had talked about it and you ain't gonna believe this because it was none other than the Mountie and he came out to his song I'm the Mountie wasn't the Mountie it was a huge deal though because it was Will Flippin Osprey and man when that music hit this place came unglued. As they should have done, he's probably the best wrestler in the world. He also admitted straight away that he does have to finish up with New Japan before he officially starts with AEW. This was quite funny, because I think Osprey expected the crowd to go boo, so he tried to get ahead of it, but nobody did go boo, so he's basically yelling into the wind. I mean, ultimately, everybody there, including myself, was just so happy this has happened, and he teased something big for All In 2024, and if you can make it work, I would have Will Ospreay win the title at Wembley I mean, that would be something special indeed. So nobody can argue as far as I'm concerned, this is a massive coup and I'm so damn excited. I mean, William Osprey on this kind of stage, we may be about to see something totally amazing, give it an up. Okay, right, is everyone sitting down? Let's begin. Because next up was Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland in a Texas Death Match. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in my life. But look, given that it was a Texas death Match, and it was in reaction to one man trying to steal another man's baby, well, yeah, I get it. We've never done anything like this before either, but all I am going to do is run you down some of the things we did see here in list 4 because there was an instant buckshot Larry. Paige staple gunning Swerve's chest including taking some of his kids pictures and going ha, you wear that chair shot so hard we had a crazy amount of blood barbed wire chairs For stapling including Swerve stapling himself and doing it right in Paige's eye, extra barbed wire chair shots with more blood, a DVD onto a cinder block, pile drivers onto Barry Barricade, breaking barbed wire into people's faces, tombstones onto chairs, a 450 splash complete with broken glass everywhere, including on Adam's back, a dead eye onto a barbed wire board, barbed wire going around Swerve's face, and the big one, Adam Page drinking Swerve's blood. Yep, now I'll be honest, that was too much for me and it actually made my tum tum turn. But once again, when you tie into what the match is supposed to be and the story, yeah, I understand it. And if you are gonna do it, you may as well do it here and not every single thing can be right for you and it can't be right for me. That wouldn't make any sense. Although please never ever do it again. Although I did laugh because after the cowboy had done this, he went and he spat it everywhere like he was Triple H. That's that man, we are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. Originally, Brian Cage ran out and he F5 Adam Page, but Page just mugged him off as well. When Prince Nana was on the apron doing his dancing, so Hangman grabbed him and dead-eyed him through the table. I mean, this literally had everything. Obviously, that served as a distraction, which is when Strickland snuck up behind the cowboy and he smashed him in the back of the head with a cinder block. When he took a page out of Page's book, ironically, because he got a chain and he literally hanged Hangman Adam Page. That's what he was doing. So surprise, surprise, Page fell on the floor because he was essentially dead. He wasn't able to answer the dead count, meaning Strickland had one. But as soon as the bell went, Swerve fell down too. So there's no real words to this. You have to go and watch it for yourself. And in terms of effort... Well, you've just got to give him a round of applause until the end of time. I think Strickland winning is also absolutely massive here because he is on a right tear. And in 2024, he should probably become the world champion. And really, you need to take both these guys and build the company around them. I mean, They are creating some very, very special stuff. I mean, they're just something else entirely to the point. It's not just an up. It is a golden up. I just want to point out that doesn't mean that everything during this was for me. I'm going to be wounded by this. And I'm saying that, I wasn't even involved. What about these two? Couple of heroes. And yeah, look, even though usually we ignore things that are in the match, because, of course, it's been sanctioned by the company. you've Got to bring down the crime counter and just add like 10 points to it. I mean, at one point, like I've already said, they were actually trying to murder each other. Omega and Jericho versus the Young Bucks was next. What a crazy, crazy card. And once again, fans were sitting on their hands a little bit because of what they had just seen. You had to process it. That's likely why this match was here. We rolled out four of the best wrestlers in the world. Surprise, surprise, they won everybody over. Now, Kenny and the Bucks shook hands before this as well to underline they are okay. It's not the same with Jericho got in there. Matt and Nick totally hate him, so they were being a bit more aggressive. Omega soon hit his Terminator dive and Chris did the springboard drop kick. I don't want to be that person. But I was like, it is amazing. He is still doing his entire arsenal of moves, even though he's post-50. Who the flub can say they can do that? Now, Matt Jackson didn't agree with this at all, because he took Jericho's arm and he wrecked it in Simba the Steel Steps. And that meant all of a sudden, he did have a dodgy limb. It was flashing red. The Bucks were like, well, let's go after that. Richie just led to the Omega hot tag, and he was running wild, which is what you do when someone gives you a worn slap. Although at one point, Matt went to hit Jericho, who sort of got out of the way, and he smacked Kenneth instead. This is kind of interesting, because in terms of the context of the match, that's all right. He is your enemy, but in terms of their personal life, I don't think he meant to do it. Chris then had to release the rules of Jericho because his arm was so bad. That's when Matt Jackson was like, I'm going to go Northern Lights suplex crazy. And Mick joined in because we had a German suplex. On the apron. Allies here vor damn frucht. Nikki didn't care about any of this and as soon as he saw the referee he wasn't looking he just booted Chris Jericho right in the testicles. But Kenny saw that and he was like what are you doing? So you know what Matt Jackson did? He waited for Omega to turn around and he smacked him in the penis too. It really made me laugh because I'm a bad person. There was this great one two ooh because Nick hit Jericho with the Judas effect and Kenny Omega had to break that up at the last second. When the Bucks hit the BTE trigger and just listen to the fans, they were booing. Don't you tell me they're not very good at what they do. Understandably, as soon as Jericho could get revenge, he did, and he smacked Nick right in the dick, too. And this is when all of a sudden Kenny was like, oh, I can attack either of the Young Bucks. But he basically smashed both of them, he hit the V-trigger, and he snapped Dragon Matt's head off. Why not? Nick was just using his powered-up meter as best he could, though, because he then hit the One winged Angel onto Kenny, and that was another one-two-ooh. Plus, we had another near for after the Coits, Wrath, and Codebreaker combo... They actually thought that was going to be it. It wasn't. The last stretch of this was absolutely ludicrous too, especially when the Bucks invited Chris Jericho to a super kick party. But by that point, Omega had taken his Phoenix down. He V triggered some people's asses off, although obviously it wasn't their ass. He hit the one winning angel onto Matt and he got the three. So once again, there's a nice wrinkle. It was Kenny that defeated his friends. The Bucks also threw a proper tantrum after this. They were just smashing up ringside. And even though Omega wanted a handshake, they totally ignored him. So that if this is them flipping to the dark side, they have arrived, and of course it means that Jericho and Omega are now the brand new number one contenders for the tag team titles. But let's keep this going with Matt and Nick. It is just so damn interesting. We've got to keep them on TV. Of course it is going to get an up. I mean you're unlikely to find better. When we got all the shenanigans, Flub me, I love shenanigans. And i know it's a talking point we'll get there because how kane totally destroyed adam cole on one leg and with some crutches to fight for the world title against jay white and i was like man if we actually do this i am never going to shave my head again not true look terrible of course at the last second mgf returned driving an ambulance this always makes me laugh because one that's against the law you're not allowed to just drive an ambulance around and two how did he time this so well it's like he knew Also, bring down the crime counter. We just talked about it. He was also limping really badly because his leg was totally screwed. But the whole point is, this is our returning hero. And damn it, if he was going to lose that championship, he was going to lose it himself. And MJF basically fell down on the floor to begin with, which when the guns were kicking his ass again. And finally, the referee went, listen, Austin and Colton, you have to go to the back. And I was like, yeah. Why didn't this happen hours ago? This is when the whole match was built on the fact that Jay was going to pick the bones when from nowhere Friedman would just have these amazing flurries. Like at one point, Jay White was on the ring apron, Maxwell ran at him, jumped over the top rope, grabbed him in a car position midair and smashed his face onto the floor. I thought about it and the answer I've come to is... That's the best damn cutter I've ever seen. He also hit this nuts elbow to the floor. I mean, it was meant to be through Timmy the Timekeeper's cable, but Tim just collapsed. like, I don't want none of that. And of course, when we were back in the ring, White just kept working on this leg. He was going to rip it off. But at this point, MGF couldn't even stand. So I started going, well, I suppose if you did want to take the championship off him, this would be the way to do it. So we planted that seed, especially because Jay White dun 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 applied the figure four. That's when I realized, wait a minute, that works the leg. Cole, who was still on the outside, was absolutely freaking out, and he even thought about throwing the towel in, but he did not. Keep that in your brain. He got so worried too, he grabbed his ring of honor world title, and he was going to smack Jay right in the head. But of course, because he is an injured man, White took this championship, and he was going to use it instead. So straight away, you're going, wait a minute, Adam Cole. You didn't really do what you were meant to do there, are you actually? The devil. It also led to an amazing one-two-oo, because he did smash this right into Max's skull, which, of course, is when the referee got bumped. That's like, how many more shenanigans can we have? Because Adam Cole then got the diamond ring, he put it on the mat, he was telling Max to grab it, but once again, who got it first? Well, it wasn't his buddy... It was flubbing jay white Now, thankfully maxwell saw this coming and he whammed jay white right in the balls which once again was for the sponsor of the evening he put on the ring which is when the guns were back we've got to stop doing that if someone's bad they've got to be banned he took them out when he turned around he showed off his jewelry he whammed jay white right in the face which very handily is when the referee came to one two three my word he had done it There's also sort of a big tease at the end because MJF and adam cole did this long old hug And you kind of sat there going, well, I think something's gonna happen. Maybe something's gonna happen, but it didn't happen, which I suppose was like circumventing your expectations. So really was actually quite clever, maybe. But anyway, let's get into it and let's talk brass taxes because some people didn't like this because they described it as a WWE angle. Now I hate when people say that because that's not fair. WWE isn't allowed ownership of this stuff. Should be fair game. And the other criticism is that it made Jay White look weak. Now, I would come back and say, I'm sorry, he got hit with every single weapon under the sun, But also this is the story our good old hero returned even though he was injured and he kicked the bad guy's ass who up to this point has been a massive prick i mean that is the oldest tale in the book and once again you also have all this adam cole stuff going on i mean let's not forget we didn't see the devil on this show maybe because adam cole is the devil and if you are going to have a pay-per-view that goes as long as this one did I don't want it to just be match, 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 match. We've talked about it. Give me some craziness. Give me some out of nowhere ideas. And also, it was just like being on a roller coaster. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I had a good time. I'm glad they did this. And I hope they do it again. That's right. You get mad at me. Well, come on, man. I'll find you. I won't fight you. I'll sit you down. I'll make you a lovely hot drink. And we'll just have a chat. We're just getting it up. Which indeed brought us to the end of Full Gear. And I have to say, including that Hangman Swerve match and how much I did enjoy myself, it doesn't just get up overall, it gets a golden up. I mean, I'm not really sure how AEW could have done this better. goes, Simon, you're so biased against AEW. Well, I'm not, but go nuts. Also, please do like the video, share the video and subscribe. Head on to whatculture.com where you can read yourself some articles, follow us on social media, just interact with things on the screen and go and watch all the ups and downs. I would appreciate that massively. But if you are watching this day one, enjoy your Sunday. And if you're watching this in 2028, I appreciate the long-term support. Take care, my friends.